Good morning, everyone. My name's Chris. If you guys don't know me, I'm also on staff here at GOC. And now it's time to talk a little bit about our attitude in discipleship. Our attitude in discipleship. Specifically, what is to be the attitude that we have when we approach discipleship? Attitudes being those, those conscious and subconscious thinkings and feelings toward discipleship, towards learning, that then influence our behaviors and how much we learn. I'd like to argue that attitude in discipleship is one of the most critical aspects because if you approach discipleship with the wrong attitude, you will never be discipled. But if you approach discipleship with the right attitude, with an attitude of humility, there is really no limit to how much you can grow as a believer. Uh, as David mentioned, this isn't really a sermon. This is not an expository sermon, so we're not going to be looking at one passage. But there is one verse that I want you to kind of keep in the back of your mind as we go through this. And uh, Matt and I didn't talk enough before we prepared these, so I'm using the same one he is. <laughs> Except I'm using, I'm using the quote in the book of Matthew. So we'll, we'll go ahead and stick with uh, Matthew uh, chapter 16, uh, verse 24. So if you want to turn there really quick. As Matt said, this really is the heart of discipleship. This is the core. Uh, Jesus tells his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. <clears throat> Jesus here is telling his disciples that if we desire to follow him, if we desire to be his disciple, we must practice radical self-denial. What is self-denial? Self-denial is giving up your will, giving up your desires, even, as Jesus says, giving up your life your own wishes, your will. And so the attitude, the essence of discipleship then is humility. It's thinking less of yourself and thinking more of Christ. To be a disciple of Christ is, is to sit at the Lord's feet and say, I don't know the way, you are the way. I don't know the truth, you, Lord, are the truth. Lord, I can't live on my own. I can't attain a spiritual life, but you, Lord, are life. To be a disciple is to say that, that I am going to be a follower and I need a leader. I am going to follow after you. To be a disciple is to say that it's insufficient to hold myself up in my room with my Bible. I will not learn. I will not grow doing it on my own. I can't simply stay at home on Sunday and live stream. I need to be with the Lord's people I need to receive discipleship. So that's our attitude before Christ, but how does this translate to human disciplers? Obviously, Jesus is Lord. He is our Lord, our personal Lord. We worship him. But how is it different with the people in your life here in this room that you receive discipleship from? Obviously, our submission to them is not ultimate. They are not our Lord 
But what I want to get at is that the attitude with which you approach discipleship with a human discipler is the same. We need an attitude of humility. We're going to quickly look at three aspects of humility in the life of a disciple. And this isn't an exclusive list. These are kind of the highlights that I thought would be relevant for you guys. Uh, There could probably be dozens more. The first aspect is that a humble disciple is eager to learn. A humble disciple is eager to learn. A humble disciple asks a lot of questions. A humble disciple seeks out advice and counsel. A humble disciple is quick to recognize that their own understanding, their own wisdom is limited and that others around them, their disciples, have perspective to add. A humble disciple is ready to admit they're not an expert on a subject, but there's always something more that they can learn. A humble disciple obviously is not proud. A prideful Christian is a self-sufficient person. A humble Christian is not self-sufficient. In the great cinematic masterpiece known as Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, Anakin Skywalker, a Padawan, read disciple, thinks, (laughs) thinks he is ready to be a Jedi Master. He tells them, make me a Jedi Master. I am ready. I am the greatest Jedi of all time. Well, we all know that it didn't go very well for Anakin. <laughs> Proverbs 12:15 says, "The way Okay. We're past the, the joke now. <laughs> Proverbs 12:15 says, "The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice." The the second aspect is that a humble disciple is able to learn from anyone, able to learn from anyone. A humble believer recognizes that God has gifted every believer with different spiritual gifts. Everyone in this room has different strengths and weaknesses. A lot of you guys have strengths that I don't have. I have weaknesses. I can learn from you. Before we dive into this, though, I want to quickly state what this does not mean. This does not mean that a humble person naively listens to anything and everything that comes along. A humble disciple does not listen to and entertain every wind and wave of doctrine. A Christian is called to be discerning, to analyze what they hear against the word of God. But what I'm saying is that humility will combat the spiritual pride, which would lead you to believe that you can only learn from a select group of people. Uh, This is something I've seen from time to time in GOC. Uh, We think that there are really only a few people out there that we are capable to learn from. There's only really a few people out there capable of discipling us. This kind of takes two forms. One is when we see discipleship as a hierarchical ladder. We see ourselves on a certain plane. And for us to grow, we can only learn from people above us. We can only learn from more mature believers. 
and then we ignore all of our peers around us from which we have so much to learn. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 1, you might remember when the Corinthians were struggling with this, when they were going around saying, I'm discipled by Paul. I'm discipled by Apollos. I follow Peter. They were arrogantly boasting about their discipleship from famous Christians. Paul goes on to rebuke them, and he says in verses 27 to 29, he reminds them, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. It's not about being discipled by some super Christian. A humble disciple recognizes that, that God is choosing the humble people of this world to be the leaders in his church. Uh, the second form of this type of pride is similar. It's a humanistic way of thinking in which we think we can only learn from people who, who get us, from people who understand us. We think, I need a discipler who's similar to me. I need, I need a discipler who understands my problem. I'm not going to learn from this other person because they're different from me. Uh, Matt mentioned Ephesians 4, and I'd like you to turn there real quick. I think this passage is extremely helpful. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that Jesus Christ has purposely and specifically gifted the church with leaders, with gifts of spiritual leadership to shepherd you. This is saying that your sanctification in discipleship is a result of God sovereignly giving leaders spiritual gifts to help you grow. This is not a humanistic thing. This is not someone with similar human experiences. This is a supernatural work of God. A humble believer recognizing that the Lord is sovereign over his sanctification recognizes that the Lord is sovereign in discipleship will recognize that God has uniquely gifted all believers with different strengths and weaknesses and will use those for our spiritual benefit. Lastly, quickly, the third aspect, and Ryan is going to talk about this one a little bit more, it's that a humble disciple is proactive in confessing sin and repentance. James 5.16 instructs us, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another so that you may be healed. In talking about discipleship, we're talking about the human relationships which help us grow into Christ-likeness. We're talking about sanctification, right? How does sanctification work? This is, as Ephesians puts it, this is the putting off of the old self. This is the putting on of the new self. Sanctification, the process starts with 
conviction and acknowledgement of sin, and then it moves towards confession of sin, and then it finishes in repentance of sin, completely walking away from it towards holiness. Of all these aspects, if we were, if we were to have this process our way, which of those parts would you choose to remove? I think that most of us would choose to remove confession. I think most of us would prefer in our pride to be able to go through sanctification privately, to not have to deal with other believers, to not have to share with what we're going through. I think we could, we wish we could go through sanctification, just us and Jesus Christ. I think a lot of us in our pride would wish that. We wouldn't need anyone else's help. Um, but confession is put in place in the process of sanctification by our Lord Jesus Christ. A humble Christian won't be afraid of sanctification, but won't, I'm sorry, won't be afraid of confession, but will recognize it as an integral part of their sanctification. I wonder if this describes, this describes any of you guys. I wonder if any of you are held back from confession because because pride in your life wants to maintain a certain spiritual reputation with those around you. I would, I would encourage you guys to, to as, as John says, to, to walk in the light. 1 John 1, 7 through 10 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. I want to finish this talk on a personal note. I started GOC in 2009. Uh, like many of you freshmen here today, I joined a small group. Uh, it was me and one other guy and our small group leader. And when I came to UCLA, I had been a Christian already for some time. I had gone to a really good church, taught sound doctrine. I had gone to Christian school my whole life. So I knew all the Bible verses. I knew apologetics. I, used to say, I knew a lot of theological stuff. And needless to say, as we know, knowledge puffs up, right? So when I joined this small group, I was quickly disappointed because I realized that I probably knew more Bible information than my small group leader did. And I pridefully thought to myself that I wasn't really going to learn very much this year because I, I knew more and what I needed was to get more information. Uh, in my pride, I thought I knew what it was that I needed in my spiritual life, um, but I was totally wrong. And in my pride, I was ignorant of learning what it was I really needed to learn and grow in. I needed to learn how to take all I knew from scripture and how to put it into practice. I needed to learn humility. I needed to learn how to love and serve the body of Christ. I needed to learn how to take what I knew 
and use it for evangelism, for sharing the gospel with others. But my pride prevented me from doing that till the end of the year when my small group leader confronted me and said, Chris, you're prideful. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, that, that really changed my spiritual life. So if you guys, if, you're, if your small group leader ever tells you that, sorry, listen to them, listen to them. If you guys want to learn how to grow in humility, um, I'm only going to give you one piece of advice. Let's go ask your small group leader. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father God, we know that you are faithful. We know that you are sovereign over our lives, over our spiritual growth. We know that you have a plan for us. You know everything about us. You know how we ought to grow. Lord, I pray that you would bless us with humility, that we would think less of ourselves, that we would think more of you, that we would see Christ in wonder, that we would recognize how sinful we are, how much we need to grow, but that we would be encouraged knowing that you have provided all that we need for life and godliness, that you have provided a church, that you have provided us spiritual leaders who can help us, who can confront us in our sin, who can encourage us. Lord, we ask for your help in all these things. We know that you're faithful. Uh, we praise you. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.